Welcome back to the Nameless Packers pod. Today we have, um, you know, some ranting and raving to do. Packers fall 13-17 to the Raiders going into the bye week. But hey, maybe the bye week's a little something positive. We'll talk about what's going on around the NFL. Aaron's got some little tidbits for us today. And then, of course, we got to talk about the bye week coming up, uh, maybe what the Packers can do. Uh, We do have a chef's kiss today as well. I'm your host, Brady Augustine, joined as always by the football girl, Erin Knapp. How are you doing today, Erin? Fantastic. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling like you probably know you can put as much money as you want on the Packers this time around. I'm putting my entire savings on them this week. All right. Yeah. Well, you definitely won't get a loss on that one. But um, So lots of news around the league, some interesting stuff going on. We've got more of these play calls that are coming up that kind of are a little bit shady, to be quite honest. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. But before all that, I think it's important to stop and talk about the passing of Dick Butkus. Sure. Which is not something, you know, I don't generally talk about bears except in a negative light on this show. But I think I posted on our Facebook page, you know, guys like Dick Butkus are the guys that make you hate the bears. And that's, a, that's a, the highest compliment I can ever give a football player, basically. So um, Dick, Dick Butkus, of course, linebacker for the, for the bears, one of the best that's ever done it. Just it, when the game was brutal, I don't think he ever ended up getting the championship, but uh, he was certainly uh, one of the best. So, and I think you heard, didn't you hear that the game? Talk about the Bears game because I didn't watch it, but the score was there, and now apparently that game has a name. Yeah, it's the, and I can never. My tongues get my tongue gets tied when I try to say his name, but it's the Dick. Butkus game is what the, they're, okay. they're calling the, it. The Dick Butkus game. Yeah, yes. All right. All right. Um, you know, some people are saying it was kind of like Happy Gilmore, and he's, you know, waving down yeah. from heaven. And maybe, do they lose that? They can't lose that game. That's a must-win uh, game for them. And yeah, and they picked up some serious, serious traction with that game too. Potentially, you know, it's a game of momentum and. We didn't think Justin Fields was very good, but he is coming back. You look at some of the stats now, and with Jordan Love having a zero touchdown, three interception day, the NFC North is a little bit, we said it was wide open at the beginning of the season. Things are starting to shake up in some ways, but the Bears, there's still just a lot of football left to play. So so the Bears getting her done, and, uh, you know, I... I feel like you know the you know you know the, who the Lions are to some extent. The Packers are still in flux. The Vikings now in flux, and the Bears starting to potentially get some traction could be real interesting moving forward. But in the meantime, you know, with their win, Packers fans have to deal with another loss to the Raiders and another game. I don't know what other word to say except lackluster for this one. It was just such a lackluster game. We had a good starting series offensively to go down the field, but settle for too many field goals. Sure. Jordan Love again, no touchdowns, three interceptions. What was your take on this game as you watched it? Hmm. I felt like the third and fourth were just, we we couldn't convert on those. I, Mm. I felt like we could get down the field, but we just couldn't put it away. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you had, you know, you had a big play here and there. You know, you had the Dylan touchdown. You had the Christian Watson that, well, which maybe you want to talk about because the Christian Watson was the the explosive play. Sure. Down to, where was he at, the three-yard line or something? And he gets horse-collared, 
which again brought up a question in your mind that I think we could talk about. Sure. I don't think the NFL will do anything. No. But your question was what? In the future, if you have a horse collar tackle within the red zone, is that an automatic touchdown? And I think maybe in the five-yard line. But to me, like plays like that should be fined. And this is the second play we've seen so far this season that was purely made and specifically, I know I've had to do these myself, just to save the touchdown. Yes. And the horse collar tackle is one of the most dangerous plays in football. And we just got done seeing all the guys with knees going out, and that's exactly what happens. You get back, bent back over, you blow an ACL or MCL or something like that. Well, that's, this is what we were talking about last week in that I was worried about playing the Raiders because they can play dirty. Right. I was going to ask you about that too. They can play dirty and we are already beat up and bruised and we don't need, you know, we don't need more injuries. And this was just an example of something that just got my blood boiling, which is the fact that Josh McDaniels after the game was praising that horse collar tackle. And it's like, come on. Yeah, he saved the team on the pragmatic level, saved the team. I mean, this is at least a, a, a tie game. Yes. If you let that go. Yes. You can't, of course, let it go, but if you can't make it legally. Sure. And, and again, obviously, the coach is going to say, you've got to do it. The player is going to say, I had to do it. But at the same time, kind of at some point, something needs to be done. So. Yeah, it just reconfirmed my thoughts on this team being dirty and not being very good. If this is something that you have to rely on to stop a touchdown. Yep. You got, get you out got of here. Yeah. So, so you're throwing the challenge flag on the Raiders organization altogether. Yeah. Okay. Well, you did when it your last head week. coach <laughs> comes out and says that he prays, that was the, the right call. Well, well, you know what his coaching tree is, right? He's off the <laughs> Bill Belichick tree. So, you know, garbage. if you ain't cheat, cheating, you ain't trying. Josh McDaniels is garbage. <laughs> That's my hot take from this game. No. There was a lot to talk about in this game, but I, you know, I, Crosby is another one who just gets my blood uh-huh. boiling. Yeah. Where was our coverage of him? Yeah, we had uh, breakdowns again. Uh, you know, you see him when he gets one-on-one, it is a made, he's a major problem. I forget how many, you know, rushes he had, how many pressures he had. You know, of course, the sacks are the ones that jump off the page. But, yeah, he's a game wrecker that – and when you hear the coach talking about this – and I want to go back to another Butkus that I wonder if Dick Butkus wasn't saying this great for the Chicago Bears and kind of helping us blow it because, you know, our line coach, where's the plan? What was Aikman saying the entire – and Joe Buck saying the entirety of this – when they talked about the Raiders' defense for the whole game, basically, it's like, oh, if this team could get somebody opposite Max Crosby, if they don't have anybody opposite Max Crosby, you got to have a plan for Max Crosby and yeah. then you can win the game. I mean, we had enough times where Jordan Love was flushed out of the pocket. He's been running for his life. And I'm not going to completely exonerate the O-line for their performance either. So there may have been some miscommunications. I watched it again this week. But to some extent, I'm not sure the Packers, for their offensive line, have a plan. And that, to me, is a big problem. And it sure did break down. And when you've got a a quarterback who's his first year starting in the league, 
that's going to have a ripple effect. I thought Jordan Love got happy feet in this one. Obviously, the decision-making, I'm going to talk about that probably next week when we talk about we may turn a corner in terms of what can we do moving forward. I've got some thoughts on that, but it has a trickle-down effect, and it really hurt. And I, I kind of feel for the O-line, too, because wouldn't it be nice if our running game was really clicking on all cylinders, and then you can kind of take some of that pressure off that way. Sure. Didn't seem to be able to do that once again. but So the Packers with a loss. Um, now, defensively, in my opinion, I thought the defense did enough. I didn't. They certainly weren't perfect, but, you know, you had another – we had another Rudy Ford sighting. I mean, yeah. this is exciting. And uh, unfortunately, we'll talk about it in a minute, Darnell Savage and right. Quay Walker. But And maybe we need to talk about that now because, you know, you got Matt LaFleur in the press conferences now. And we had talked, a, I don't know, a week or so ago about him being chippy about the David Bakhtiari mm-hmm. injury. Honestly, and I, I don't know how much you got to watch, but honestly, to me, he looks more deflated than anything else now because yeah. he's taking questions about now Quay Walker and and uh, Savage on top, this becomes a real problem. You know, we've got already missing David Bakhtiari in the offensive side of the ball. A defense that if you had a a unit that was veteran right now, that's the defense. That's the ones that they've been there a while. They understand that there are times when they've got to step up for the quarterback that hasn't been a starter before. And then you lose your First-round draft choice, one of the many first-round draft choices on this defense in Quay Walker. And all I can say is thank God for the bye, and I hope we get Devondre Campbell back. Because this is a knee injury, I believe. And once again, we'll be just waiting for news on what it is. But Right. All right, so I want to talk about – we talked about the offense a little bit, you know, and we're going to talk about identity in a little bit because that's the okay. big buzzword of the whole week. But special teams wise, we are average. Our average starting field position is like twenty two point eight, the twenty two point eight yard line. You can okay. wave your hand and catch the ball and start every single time at the twenty five. And I just, as much as I hate to say it, the Nixon magic is gone. We are not getting it done. And I was at the game when he ran the touchdown back, and it is such a rare and precious occurrence in the, in the football world in general, and the NFL specifically, but I'm at the point where I think we just have to start playing the odds on special teams. because. And I will segue that into, because in other ways we've been playing the odds, and the odds have been in our favor. Let's talk about a chef's kiss as we transition sure. out of the loss and into some positive things here because it's not like there wasn't anything positive to talk about. So who is your chef's kiss for the week? My chef's kiss is none other than Anders Carlson's brother. <laughs> I love the way you did that. How yeah. did we miss this last yeah. week? Yeah. We weren't the only ones. I mean, some of the best of the best out there in the sports media world also missed this. In a game, Carlson brothers playing each other. Yep. But Daniel. Poor poor Danny boy. Danny boy had two missed field goals. Yeah. I got to find out if he's the second son. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of think he might be the eldest boy. Now, that would make me feel a lot better. He yeah, looks yeah. older, and I kind of feel uh-huh. like he is the oldest. Well, and he came out, you know, yeah, he got dra- He was drafted by the Vikings. That was 2018. So, yeah, he, yeah. Pro- he is the older one. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a tipped field goal mm-hmm. attempt. Yash Nyman sighting, too. 
better put him in at that was tackle so or great. something. And uh-huh, then we yeah. had a doink. Had a doink. Which there's, I thought that was the Bears. There's, I know, there, but there's nothing more that I love than watching football with my father. And when there's a doink, we both just go doink. Like, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I it love is. it. Yeah. It's, what is that onomatopoeia? Or I something guess so, that they call yeah. it. It sounds like its name. Yeah. So uh, and yet, Anders, who somebody who will remain nameless, sitting next to me. Called out before the season began. Yes. And that does lead me to a question. I'm trying to keep, because I got to do my chef's kiss next, but that does lead me to question because before the season, you said, I just believe that they're going to get it together. And he did. And then you get face to face with a guy who got drafted by the Vikings, missed three there, got cut, ends up playing his brother and us and misses two more, two more field goals. As you said, one was tipped. And yet, so you're like, getting more mileage out of one prediction than I think I've ever seen. This is five weeks of mileage now. This is why they call me the football girl. That's right. It's proven it that you guys are. But my question now is, and this kind of is like a general bye week question because we're sort of, you kind of look at the state of the team oftentimes. This is a specific one though. You weren't quite sure you believed in Jordan Love. Right. Which is. I'm still not. Okay, well, that's the question. Have you, <laughs> ha, have you seen enough yet, or do you need? You're going to need at least another half a season, I'm guessing. I need what, another half the, of a season okay. for sure, because and Matt Lafleur said in his press conference this week that when you look back at that Raiders game on Monday, he knew that he didn't use Jordan to his best ability. Listen, mm. Jordan using his legs, I mean, and he had a, two couple really good plays against the Raiders where he ran mm-hmm. at least once to get us the first down. Yeah, he showed the athleticism is, is there. He's definitely. got it. Yeah. Matt LaFleur had a great point, though, which is if you've got him running and you've got somebody like Crosby coming after him, and that was something that we do not want. No. You do not want Love going down to an injury because – the thing is, is we didn't. We didn't cover Max at all. And yeah. so, thank God, they limited his run, how much he was running. Mm-hmm. But, that to say, if they can go back and maybe limit that playbook a little bit, work with their young guys to start mastering some of these plays, because we did see that a lot in that game and we've LeFleur been seeing that a lot that in the, too. In the yeah. first five games yep. is yep. just not being able to make those catches, not being in the right places, not yep. running the right plays. You get some wrong leverage le- reads, and and this is the kind of stuff that when you're young and you're going into it at full speed from the college level, the NFL level, the speed difference, sure, you're going to have those kind of things. And to some extent, even with Jordan Love, with the line, you know, we're we're going to have to factor injuries into this at some point, yes. but. The youth of this team, there are going to be these kind of things, and, and we're we're finding it out, and yes. the Raiders were the team to do it this time. And when I talk about the youth of the team, I want to not talk so much about their age and their rookie status as much as I want to talk about, yeah, they are rookies, which means they're new to the team, which means they need some time to learn the playbook. They need some time to learn the plays. They need to be held accountable to learning the playbook, too, and LaFleur made a great point which is yes the quarterback is going to take a lot of the heat for the most part Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day I do need some time I personally need some more time to watch Jordan develop this season because 
This may not be all on him. This may be a group effort. It may be, you know, once these guys are held more accountable by their coaches to learn their plays and they're really dialing it in, we may see better completion rate from Jordan because his guys are where they need to be. Yeah, and and, I mean, the first series, they got in rhythm. You know, they got him going. People were where they needed to be. Definitely the potential for success is there. And I love what you say because when you hear the coach talk about it, like, and he talked about, you know, Musgrave too. When you hear the coach talk about it, my immediate question then is, yes, but how? Like, how are you? You're the head coach. How are you planning to make that happen? And of course, it's a press conference. You know, sure. like there was so much more coach speak. Like it's the if I hear it's a it's a, it's all eleven, one day at a time. Our guys battled. Yeah. Oh my word. We there's no there's no quit or or you know he didn't get he didn't get flustered he didn't get rattled when you're talking about Jordan Love. Yeah. I was about to just pop, but the proof is in the pudding, and he's got extra time this time around with a bye week here to get some of those things figured out. And like you say, if you do limit the playbook. That means, you know, whatever rep concentration you have is more geared toward your game plan then. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, it's a little interesting because your game plan is never the whole playbook in the first place. So what he means by limiting it is always kind of a little bit... I know he's talking to Jordan Love about what plays he likes to get matchups against the defense. But then the question is, like, if if it's an 11-man thing... What plays do you need to get into to help the offensive line protect Jordan Love from guys like Max Crosby? Maybe that's part of the question, too. I don't know. Sure. Uh, but, again, this after this game, there are a lot of questions for sure. So. Absolutely. And we have every right to be disappointed mm-hmm. in the outcome of that. But I mm-hmm. think we should be encouraged by the fact that we have a head coach who was responsive to the media asking those questions mm-hmm. this week. And I think that was wonderful that the media asked those questions. What are you going to do to mm-hmm. change that? And for me, it's, you know, not so much limiting the playbook, but it's more of, he did say he was going to start holding them accountable. I did like the fact that he was like, I don't want to constantly be talking about this team being young because that's a bad yeah, he, excuse. He put a, the kibosh on that. It's a pretty bad hard. excuse. And, yep. Look at Jaden Reed. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he plays lights out. And I hated that he was so limited in this game with the Raiders. He was. Yep, he was. I love, though, like you, the fact that he said, you know, there are no excuses. And, and he also in that same press conference said, mentioned how he had made some bad play calls, which, I mean – you're not going to get a Bill Belichick talking about that stuff. Sure. You know, if obviously he has all the accolades in the world. He can be as, you know, standoffish as he wants to be. That is the part that I do. There's a couple things like, like I think this week it just felt like LaFleur is almost kind of defeated. But the things that I like are when he opens up that way and he's, he's never, he never throws anybody under the bus without making sure that he, people understand that it has to do with him. That the buck stops with him. And then the other thing is sometimes you do get some really good football answers out of him, yeah. which is not all the time. But so I just feel like you, you kind of knew that this season overall with Jordan Love coming on was going to be kind of a, a touchstone season for Matt LaFleur as a head coach. And, and right now it's not going perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're on a two-game losing streak. Sure. We had the Lions just paste us at home. We've got, you know, the stands getting filled with other colors. 
but he is not backing away from it. And I'm, it makes me curious to see what kind of adjustments he can make. And, and like you say, it just makes me optimistic that he is planning to make some. So. Yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of reasons to be encouraged. Yeah. Going into this bye. It's really difficult to see him sometimes after such a lackluster game, and it's coming off a loss to the Lions. But again, it's the same thing. We said the same thing about the Bears, you know, and, and, and we were, I, I, no one's giving more shit to the Bears than me. Sure. But you just have to say there's a lot of season left to play. And I think I mentioned, and we talked about, you know, week 17 is the Minnesota Vikings, and week 18 is once again the Chicago Bears. And those things are really going to matter by the time it comes around. Absolutely, they will. And we're not moving on to the Denver Broncos just yet, but right. just to comment, you know, that makes having a little extra time, potentially getting a little healthier and playing the Broncos, I don't know if you could ask for a better get-right game at this point. It's not in the NFC North, and, uh, you know, it's a team that, you know, they have some weapons, and they got a, a quarterback that used to be really good, not sure where he's at right now, but they're kind of reeling as well, and you can just oh, say... they're very much reeling. <laughs> I was just going to say, if you want to drop the F-bomb on Sean Payton, you know, you just go... <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the relationship that I am most interested in watching right now, uh-huh. is between Peyton and Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. Honestly, I just, I think it bears commenting how happy I was to see Nathaniel Hackett, like, going off the field and Sean Payton just running over to shake the head coach's hands and get out of there, shake Salah's hand and just get the hell out of there. It Every, was awesome. Everybody was waiting with bated breath to see if Hackett and Payton would meet and yeah. shake hands. No. No, because Hackett would have beat, he'd have just, he'd have thrown down on him. He'd have just thrown down He was down made a him. captain. He was made a captain for that game and he got the oh, game ball and it was great. fantastic. Yeah, I saw that. Will, Hackett wasn't, he wasn't a great head coach for the Broncos. No, but. he wasn't over his head, but I, and, and I think, you know, the, the, the thing that I am happy about is he was beloved. He had a great, he has a great football heritage with his father. He knows football. And Aaron Rodgers got on and said, the Jets didn't hire him so I would come here. The Jets hired him because he is a good coach. Yeah. Well, okay. So you got all the question marks with the Broncos. And then you have Sean Payton say this, you know, worst head coaching job in history, which is, you're not even thinking about history of head coaching in the NFL. If that's what you think, that was one season, part of one season. Yeah. But then Sean Payton, who's supposed to be the genius and come in and fix all this, and he's going to have all, he's going to have his fingers in all the pies and make this all better. And they looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. So don't want to spend too much time out about Hackett coming out of Green Bay. You know, you got to think the gold zone, all that good stuff. So we had, we had one good day and, and I think everybody in Packer Nation wishes the best for the guy anyway, you know? Um, And really as much as, Many of us would have wanted that trade for Aaron Rodgers to have been the year before and not be Russell Wilson, but be Aaron Rodgers then when we would have got that huge haul. But it's good to see him bounce back. So I think that bears mentioning. I haven't done my chef's kiss yet. But mine's it's pretty lackluster, though. I don't know if you're going to like it very much. Uh, Well, wait. It accounted for half of our (laughs) counting the extra point over half of our total score. So I've got A.J. Dillon getting me in the end zone for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, you, you have the other opportunity when he had like three chances and couldn't make one yard after. That's going back to the Christian Watson yeah. horse collar. So that we could talk about all day long. But, but you know, we're not certainly not there yet. I just, it's the softy in me, I think, to be honest. You know, the guy's 250 pounds. He's struggling this year. 
to see him get one under his belt. And, and maybe that becomes some momentum because, you know, at some point we are getting Aaron Jones back. That might yeah. be this coming, you know, it might be after this bye week and maybe you can start turning some things around. I think many of us were hoping our run game would be as good as we think it can be with those right. two, but you didn't have two of them, number one. And uh, it sure would help Jordan Love in those situations. So that's my chef's kiss for the week. Okay, I can support that. All right, so we talked about press conferences a little bit, but we didn't talk about the buzzword identity for the week. Yeah, and that's our secret word. It is our secret word right? also. Yes, yes. And that's been, everybody's been wanting to find out whether this offense can find an identity right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but honestly, I don't know that we can. I don't know that the answer to the question is just having an identity, which is generally a go-to guy. And this, Matt LaFleur mentioned it. It's a go-to guy or a set of go-to plays. Well, number one, is that Christian Watson? Because he wasn't available for the first part of the season. Is it Aaron Jones? Because he hasn't been available recently. So I don't know that you can go that route. Is it a set of plays? Maybe with Luke Musgrave involved, it could be some stuff that could be kind of bread and butter. But... Honestly, the whole identity to me right now, you got to get. I don't know if that guy's on the field yet, if it's a guy. Right. So maybe if there's going to be one, in my mind, it has to be a certain group of play. There's your limiting the playbook again, right? Right. Maybe simplifying it and getting the few things, you know, Vince Lombardi, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a seal here and a seal here and we're going to run this play in the alley. And he said that was the Packers power sweep. And he said, we are going to do this so well that no one can stop us. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to what you were saying. You know, maybe you need a higher concentration of reps on a lower amount of plays and you can get some things done. Sure. But honestly, for me, I don't really know what the answer is. That's the closest thing I could think of to identity because other yeah. than that, I don't know that we've got it. And when I think of identity, I think of the Eagles and what they're doing with the tush push right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just nobody yeah. else can do it. So, yeah. I, yeah. Do you find a play that you can master sure that if so-and-so goes out you can you can bring the next person in Mm -hmm. and they can still execute just as well because I think that has been a big part of the identity is when you have so many guys injured and you're constantly that's what it's been for the last five weeks is constantly bringing new guys in to replace so-and-so and and then they're out and then so-and-so else comes in and it's like if your playbook is so wide open and now you've got third string guys coming in to cover. You got to make sure that those third string players or second string players can come in and execute just as well as your starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, other things I would think you can do in that regard. Like if I'm thinking of identity in that framework, and to me, if, if I had, a, had to give an answer, I feel like you have, because A.J. Dillon is is not getting going. And our problem is now getting into third and long. So right. to me, the answer probably comes in second down. And it probably has to do with play action passing game, maybe. Mm-hmm. And if you can get, you've got a Luke Musgrave in there who's been playing really well. We might mention him later. And... You know, if you can get again, that's a the tight end position is the second hardest position to get under your belt. If you can simplify what he has to do, he's so fast and he's so big that if you can get him crossing the face of a linebacker, that's got to be the highest percentage win I can think of out there. And Jordan Love has been pretty dang good at throwing across the middle of the field. Now, you can't throw late, we've seen mistakes. 
But maybe in my mind, as I'm thinking, I'm just thinking really through this now with our discussion, but maybe something like that is what you have to have as the answer because if you can make that work, then guess what? Your running game is going to be better because you just play-actioned all this time. Right. Now you got the draw play, and, and A.J. Dillon gets into the second level, and he can be a real problem. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough question. I don't know that I have an answer. If I had to take a shot at it, I think the short passing game is, is the general statement. Mm-hmm. And for me, the play-action... You know, teams aren't necessarily going to take AJ Dillon that serious on it, but mm-hmm. if you can get them taking him serious on some dives, stuff like that, maybe that'll work. Sure, I agree with that. All right, so uh, let's see, where are we at here? Oh, we didn't mention the uh, the Justin Jefferson thing because that was another play that got yeah. not another not called. You do wanna... you want to do a little keep our enemies close? Yes, let's segment. Do it. Let's talk about the NFC North, shall we? Well, yeah, we've already and we've already had a shot at the Vikings with the whole Daniel Carlson thing. So now we get to yeah, take a, I know. now we get to take another. This one's yours though because this goes to your your peeve of the year. Fantastic, so far. <laughs> fantastic. We are going to talk a little bit about the Vikings to start. Justin Jefferson obviously went out with a hamstring injury and has been put on the IR. He'll be out for the next four weeks. The big question right now is, will he? just be gone for those four weeks or will he be out for much longer than that mostly because he's been in negotiations for a new contract and they haven't been able to find a deal and that started in the early part of the season and does he hold out for a better deal does he have intentions to leave when Kirk Cousins leaves Mm -hmm. these are things that they're talking about now obviously there are trade rumors going on with Cousins a lot of this stuff is just speculation and we'll find out as the week's happen but this does affect us being that we play the vikings twice and coming up soon Mm -hmm. so jefferson will be gone for the first time that we play them because he's on the ir so he's out for at least four weeks and does that give us a better shot because without justin jefferson who do they have yeah i mean their offense is so predicated on jefferson yeah and and i mean and i think even wasn't Cousins asked about potentially taking like basically a pay cut on some of that guaranteed yeah. money to try and I don't know. I mean, it, it sure does affect us. And then, you know, we talked about the, the week 17 matchup against the Vikings. Yes. Presumably, unless something crazy happens, he's, he is going to be a potentially available for that one. But boy, if you knock one off without him and then you get some things together, you know, maybe you get some guys back. I mean, Devondre Campbell's still sitting out. Savage comes back. And then you have that sort of back-to-back NFC North rivalry games, and you can pull a, a twofer on the Vikings partly because of this stuff. That makes a difference. And frankly, right now, with the way the football gods are treating us with injuries, I yeah. will take it. I, yeah. Who, I mean, who has – how many hammies do we have? Like, right. about time somebody, somebody else our, gets a hammy. Where's our board? Let's look at yeah, this for a second. Let's board. just look at the Vikings. Oops. Let's look at who we predicted so I have a predicted loss, and you have a predicted win, which I think you're probably going to beat okay. me on. And that one's Minnesota at home, right? Because uh, I did didn't write put that the down? at. I'll put the at. Know. That's my at sign, which is completely illegible. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, the that's ones- at home. <laughs> so this is the game that's coming up that Jefferson will be gone. So I believe yeah. that... I'm going to lose on that one because I think that without him, we will win that game, especially at four at home. Yeah, he's such a big part of that offense. And their defense really is is pretty lackluster anymore. 
And then week 17, 17. I predicted that we will win at Minnesota and... Because that was a night game, right? Wasn't that because that's a night game? Yeah, I think that's... If Jefferson holds out and he doesn't play for the rest of the season, listen, these are two, you know, potential wins that we could pick Mm -hmm. up. And I looked back at my rankings again this week after that wonderful question that we got last week in our Ask Us Anything. Oh, yes. And... Gosh, my predictions have us right at that nine and eight, eight and nine. And it for me it comes down to week seventeen and eighteen for it, us. It's it's gonna be, I think, way more interesting. It it seems so dismal now. Right. And I, I hope we get it turn it around because it could make the NFC North a really, really exciting finish to the twenty. And right now it looks so bad, you know, after a kind of a bad performance and a two for two. Uh, oh and two going oh and two but yeah definitely all right what do we got next because you want i gotta look up the ask us anything i oh, could probably really? remember we it, have I, one yeah oh we got week. one Yay. all right yeah but i want to give credit where credit we're is. going to talk a little bit about the bears and where they're at the bears the bears justin fields is something's something's changed mm-hmm. his passing game with more is just this is being lit up yeah i know it's just played. it's yeah. lighting up i yeah. don't know what's going on so i have some stats i have a, a little game i want to play with you oh yeah that's right okay now she did not tell me anything <laughs> about what this is this is brought to you by dan big cat cats from barstool sports shout out uh big cat i'm a big big cat fan um, this is Big Cat's blind resume, right? So resume. he was having a really, really good time Monday night after our game, and he was just throwing out these blind facts okay. and letting people guess. So I'm guess gonna which throw, quarterback it was. I'm gonna I'm let guessing. you guess on this. This is um, from the last two games of the season. QB one. These are his stats: 428 yards, <laughs> one touchdown, and five interceptions. QB two. Has 615 yards, eight touchdowns, and one interception. Who is QB1? I hate you, Big Cat. QB1 has to be Justin Fields, right? He sure does. <laughs> no! It's Jordan? Love with two, with 428 yards, one touchdown, and five interceptions in the yeah. last two games. Justin Fields with 615 yards, eight touchdowns, and one interception in the last two games. That's all butt-kiss. I think we're in the twilight zone. I don't know. Yeah. You wake up. There's like giant babies walking past your (laughs) room. Yeah. The world is upside down. There's crocodiles everywhere. It's just bad. So the the question is, is are are they coming around or will the organization as a whole somehow find a way to tank this team? Uh, yeah. Because if they do, I, Fields is gone. Yeah. There's no way he stays. See, the, that whole question to me, I've got to go back and forth between whether that would be the Lions or the Bears that would find a way to – and right now I don't think it's, it's the, the Lions. Lions. Yeah. No way. My question to you is if the Bears start getting momentum – and they are figuring out how to get Justin Fields a, a passing game with him. Do the Bears continue to try to tank their season for the first and second overall picks? Or 
do they as a team try to win for team morale? If you're asking me, you win. You try to win every time you step foot on the field or you just go out back and just... Now, for the organization and some of the fan bases, although if you see... Okay, I would say this. If you see any consistency in a performance like that, like, right. and you're still expecting him, you know, this is a kid that's been starting for a long time. So, you know, that one performance wouldn't necessarily change me if I was a Bears fan, but if you started seeing some consistency out of that with the, you know, the guy's a four 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 guy, like... Mm-hmm. The big knock was him not being able to get the ball to no, – well, the part of the knock was he didn't have any weapons for a while. Right. And then early in the season, he was not able to get them. Now, I didn't watch this game, but a lot of it – look at Garoppolo and Devontae Adams. Garoppolo's got the best wide receiver in the league out there, and, and they're missing each other. Right. So if, if to me, if I had a chance to look at the game and you see that they're starting to dial in the chemistry, I'd be scared of the Bears. Right. I still don't think like their defense might still be a problem, but that's not your question. But I personally just could never like, okay, so I'll think of it as if it was Jordan Love. Like if it was my guy, I saw us draft him, I got all excited, we traded up. I would still be going for the win because I would just be wanting him around. I, I, I At some point, I would realize I was deluded, which sure. most of us said was the case beginning. But yeah, that's a good performance. I would be just looking for more. Consistency yeah. is very important. You know, very Jordan Love important. didn't have that so far this season either. You know, Fields, you got to be a lot closer to the edge because he's had so many more reps at yeah. this point. But yeah, I'd be wait and see on that. Just yeah, because I still see Bears fans out there saying we're just going to keep tanking because <sighs> you know we've got the Panthers pick and they're going to you know have the fr- they're going to have a horrible season yeah. and then why don't we just slide in and be number two next to the Panthers and it's like well. My question for Bears fans is, at what point does it really matter when you do get a first-round pick? Because if your team doesn't have an identity of knowing how to win, if they have a morale, if they have a, they don't believe in themselves, what's the point? I've said all along, how many high first-round draft picks did the Browns have for all those years? chasing quarterbacks and tank and see they I don't I can't speak to whether they were same thing with the Lions for all those years yeah and what it what made the difference they changed the culture when you sit and you think that way 100%. that I'm gonna go and lose a game and Aaron Rodgers had to address this from time to time too it's like it's you play to win the games the old you know the old saying and that culture, if you get it, especially from the top, that has a trickle-down effect. Yeah. Everybody. What did, what did uh, David Montgomery say when he went to the Lions from the Bears organization? He said it's good to be in a place that puts winning at the top. Right. And that is hugely telling. So, yeah. again, a lot of football to be played. If, if he plays well like that and becomes a good passer, that's a dangerous team. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But, yeah. So I will definitely be pulling against it. Sure, of course what? you will. <laughs> uh, so we'll look at the Lions to finish off with NFC North. Uh-huh. Great point that the culture has changed. Look what Dan Campbell has done mm-hmm. with this team. As corny as his intro speech was, he has got <laughs> sure. these guys butt- biting kneecaps. He and does. I, I, I'm kind of buying into it because they sure they bit some some of our kneecaps off. Absolutely, I they think. did. Absolutely, yeah. they did. So, pardon my take, which is Barstool Sports big. Uh, football show that they do every week. They follow the NFL. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick on this week. And I must know ball because I had the same predictions he did, which is... Oh, my word. Wait, wait, wait. Let me stop you for a second. What? Fitzpatrick 
if I we have to look this up. Okay. I think he is responsible for the best Wonderlicked score ever. Like he went to he's an Ivy League. Like he is a huge intellect. Sure. I gotta check that out if that was Fitzpatrick. But anyway, go ahead. Could be. He so great mind single. I don't know. Listen, not <laughs> Ivy League, but maybe. <laughs> NFC. They were talking about the NFC just in general because the AFC is just bonkers right now. NFC. I had I had looked at kind of my predictions again as we're looking at going into the bye and the rest of the season. I've got the 49ers at the top, Eagles in second, Lions in third. And this is when we're talking about what we're going to be at towards the end of the season, right? And where they are now. And then who do you think is your fourth pick? Some people are saying could be the Cowboys, but after after that, yeah. That loss, you know, the 49ers just rammed it down their throat on Sunday night. Yeah, I think it opens up a little bit. I mean, I think it would be the Cowboys if you saw a consistency out of them, too. Right. But I know, you know, I've seen Mike McCarthy do his thing too many times sure. to kind of believe in him. So, well, yeah. they were there last year, too. Yeah. yeah. I got the Seahawks. All right. Well, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Going head-to-head with the Cowboys for fourth. So, anyways, back to the Lions. You got it's it's kind of about schedule too. Last year, the Eagles, the big thing that everybody talked about was, is this a good team or are they just playing a really easy schedule? Mm-hmm. Legitimate question. Yeah, especially toward the end with some of the opponents. They right. Have. So everybody, for the most part, has it at Forty ers Eagles at your top two slots. Lions are coming up from behind. Lions schedule for the rest of the season. I just have to tell you some of these games. Yeah, go for it. We know this a couple is, of them. We, we know, know a couple of them. them. Yeah. Listen to this Lions schedule. <clears throat> and I don't have them week to week, but you'll get it. You'll get the gist. Okay, so Lions go in. They beat the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. They lose to the Seahawks. Beat the Falcons, uh, Packers, Panthers. They've got the Bucks coming up. Yeah. Ravens, Raiders, Raiders, Chargers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bears, Packers, Saints. Bears, mm-hmm. Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. Hmm. Yeah. It, that's if their defense continues to play the way they're, that's the biggest surprise on that team. For right? The if they stay healthy, they, yeah. they have a good shot yeah. at just picking up wins everywhere with this schedule. Yeah. It'll be interesting. The, the interesting caveat to me is they've already beat us mm-hmm. at Lambeau and they, for the first time in their franchise history, sold out that stadium. And they also apparently sold out Lambeau because it was nothing but blue. Right. And that, it'll be interesting to watch how, in a dome, how they get electrified. Because we've struggled in that dome. And that's where the Hail Mary, Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary came in. Sure. It gets pretty tough. And I, and, and I think they're going to be tough at home. Yes. And then you look at the Eagles schedule, which last year was pretty easy. This year, they've changed it up a little bit for them. We've got the Dolphins, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers. Cowboys are questionable. They got to play the Cowboys twice. That being said, it's possible we could see the Lions move up past the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Oh my word! Yeah, that's a hot take. Well, sure, and and play a home playoff game, right? I mean, the last time they played was Stafford against the Cowboys, I think, in right seventeen ninety eight or whenever that was. But I think them. They at home can be a tougher out. Sure. We know this as Packer fans because we've had to watch. We've had to lose against them there. It right. was tough for years when Megatron was there, and now they're getting some. The audience is going to be electrified. Yeah, they're 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 a real team. Which you know, I 
never disagreed with, but boy, I would have liked to see us have a little better outing against them to give me some hope. Sure, and look, we would love to say that the Packers are in that place right now. We'd love to be talking about our team sure. being in that place, sure. but, but when you look at a team like the Lions, who have been underdogs for so long, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, I just can't help but be excited that they're up there. Yeah, they're, they're the one team that you know we've basically felt sorry for for so long. I've got a good friend up here, sure. up, up at Planet Fitness, and Dan, and he's. He, He's really respectful too, and he was doubting them. And, and but it was good to see him like a little glimmer of hope. And for crying out loud, if if the NFC North is wide open and the Packers are in a rebuilding process, they're not they're not a team I could never get behind. I mean, I would rather see them than the Forty ers right now. I would always rather see them than the Cowboys. Right. The only sad part would be that we didn't make it at that point. Sure. Um, but you would, t- you know, I mean. A potential playoff game. We didn't look up at the seating or how that might work out if right. they were to win the division, but but you know, a potential playoff game between the the Lions and a team like the 49ers, you know, and 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 them because that's one of the questions for the Packers was if even if you believed, and I, I was fairly convinced that we could be a pretty dang good team, even with our youth. But the question is, if you were good enough to make it to the playoffs, are you gonna be able to compete with the big boys anymore? Exactly. And that's where we're just we're not there. Right. But they're starting to look like they are. Some games Tuesday. I'm really excited for coming up. Um this was before Sunday night, so I modify this a little bit, but I put <laughs> down Cowboys Lions, which is on December thirtieth, Eagles 49ers December third. So towards the end of the season, mm. we're gonna have some matchups that I'm excited to see because the 49ers looked really great against the Cowboys on Sunday night. And yeah. And that was Eagles Niners. Do you you know where that one's played by any chance? I don't, I didn't write that down. What was it? Week 18? December 3rd. Oh, December 3rd. Okay. So not, but wow. Yeah. Cause I think that one, like depending on who has to play where that might have a huge impact on that game. It could. Now I will say this and, and I, I'm not quite convinced that the Eagles, I think the Eagles, I expected them to be a little bit better, and you showing me that schedule on the way out makes me wonder if that swap isn't pretty realistic to take place. You know, it's Good. it's all based on wins and wins and losses. So, yeah. all right, well, yay football, <laughs> <laughs> yay football, and the Packers have a bye week, so we could get to hopefully yay rest sure. and hopefully yay get some guys back for crying out loud. And after the bye, we got the Broncos. Of course, we'll probably talk more about that next week than today, but. Sure. At this time, basically trying to get rested up, not a whole lot of information. I do think there's rumblings that we'll get a chance to have Aaron Jones back, who again had to be held out. Again, I'm going to reiterate, don't think that that word strain is any kind of mediocre injury. We're seeing it again. You know, they had to put Justin Jefferson on IR. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a pretty solid big decision right there. Uh, But at any rate, so far for the season, with the bye week coming on, Let's do some unit grades. What do you think? Okay, great. <laughs> All right. So uh, start with defense. Okay. And have whatever conversation you want. Okay. And then give them a A through F. Okay. And you can use pluses and minuses too. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That really opens things mm-hmm. up when you add those pluses and minuses. Mm-hmm. The pluses <laughs> and minuses are everything. Listen. Yeah. Okay, so this is just a discussion on how they've played so far? Yeah, just how they played so far. So you have a really solid performance against the Bears, and then Falcons didn't look very good against the run. Right. Saints, eh. 
I mean, I would give him somewhere in the B category. Mm-hmm. I don't think, listen, there have been games where they have kept us in the game. Look at yep. Monday night's game with the Raiders. They yeah, kept I, us they in the game. Totally did enough. Thank God for Clark and Douglas and, you know, some mm-hmm. of our guys. Like, they just, uh, you know. You hold Devontae Adams to, like, four catches. Yeah, absolutely. Games. They have definitely played some games lights out, and then they've definitely fallen short. I can't really think of any specific plays in any specific games off the Mm -hmm. top of my head, but when I think about the team as a whole, I do see the defense being stronger than the offense Mm -hmm. right now. Okay, yeah. And quickly, before I do mine, because I just want to know if this was going through your head, are you offsetting to some extent for the injury situations absolutely. in these? Yeah, because so, that's ab- absolutely in my mind where, like, you know, there's a certain expectation of potentially a lower grade. Or you could say you would expect them to play worse and give them a better grade. I'm not sure exactly how I'm handling it in my own mind right now. But, right. but so me, for me, it's probably like a B minus. Right. Where, you know, if I had to choose a unit that has played better so far, with the offense making some flashes, but also just really grinding a hole at times. It's not that the defense didn't have some bad games, but I'd, I'd put them in the B-minus range probably, and and which will be ahead of the offense. Sure. I mean, Look, we've played up. some good offenses. Mm-hmm. B. John mm-hmm. Robinson, you know, the, the, the Falcons. Beast. We've, we've yeah. played some good offenses. And when you look at our sack count and you look at Rudy Ford with his interceptions – especially one or two games where we just opened it up in the mm-hmm. in the first quarter in the very start of the first quarter with some interceptions from Ford. Sure. And then the the Kenny Clark sack right out of the sure. gate in the, in the Las Vegas game. Yeah, when I think of the defense right now I'm thinking of sack counts, I'm thinking of interceptions. They've compared, you know, we we've played some some tough off- offenses, so mm-hmm. they've done well. Okay, so um, I'll go with offensive grade then first. Okay. And this is tough for me because I don't know about you, but when they look good, they look pretty dang good for how young they are. Sure. Uh, Again, injuries factor into this, but I've got them a full letter grade below the defense um, at a C-. And that's not to say that I really loved watching Jordan Love at the end of the Saints game. But with the running game that we should have not being there, I mean, I know there's injuries, that's a big hit. The offensive line that we've been working on for years, that is just, and again, we lost David Bott. You lose mm-hmm. the best in the business, that's tough, but we've not been good. I think they're a C- minus right now, and then the Las Vegas game, of course, no touchdowns, three interceptions. You had the one big explosive play, but that's just not enough for me. They've got so much to prove right now, and a lot of it is really fixable and has to do with consistency. But right, I would give it the same score. I was same thinking okay. C minus. Uh-huh. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, play calling as well as a play factor calling, in that. Yeah, and came into that this week. Monday against the Raiders, I believe I yelled at the TV and said, "Why did we just run the ball for in the last four? plays Mm -hmm. and it's not working just yeah you get a little spark from dylan that's great but where's the play action you know like one play action on the second down would have been nice yeah yeah there's just a lot you're right there's just a lot that needs to be done 
Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, then they rolled they rolled Jordan out and put him in a position where he had half the field to work with and one receiver to work with, and that didn't work. And it's like, sure. some of this doesn't make sense. So definitely, and that again, you know, I try to be a glass half full kind of guy and think that these are the things that Matt LaFleur can get fixed and can get done. He said himself that he didn't, called some plays bad. Oh, that gives me another unit to do. Okay, so we've got, we obviously we have special teams. I'm not going to say a whole lot. Right. It's just, I said the, the Nixon magic is gone. It's sure. like not even there. But Anders Carlson, I mean, to take over for Mason Crosby, mm-hmm. I mean, that is a huge deal. That guy was here for, what, 15 years? Yeah. He, was, he was the one in the commercial ringing the college bell, you know, with his foot. And what he's done so far after how bad it looked early in training camp. Yeah. I gotta proud give him. of him. I am too. I am too. He's had some I'm long proud ones of you. too. It's I'm not proud like of you he's for had short ones. No, he's no, had no, some no, long no. balls. So. Well, and that was kind of the hope all along is when he dinged up a 52-yarder, you're like, no, this kid has all the leg he needs. Sure. You know. Um, but the consistency was the thing you kind of caught. You said, I think they're going to get it together. And there were reasons to believe they weren't because we've sure. had long snapping issues. You got holding issues. We got rid of Pat O'Donnell, who has, had held the ball for, you know, for probably 40 years, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess grade-wise, it's kind of hard to grade him. Yeah. There have been some really good coverage plays, I think, too. I think the mm-hmm. coverage has been good. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them at, because I don't like the return game much at all right now, although Jaden Reed is, has, done, has done pretty good. But I will put them at a C plus. Okay. I'll say B minus. Okay, I was going to say that's your window of opportunity <laughs> for giving Anders a little yeah. more love. Yeah, yeah. He gives he gives them that boost. Yeah, and you know there 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 are hidden yards there. You know you're getting the points that you need to out of your field goal kicker and your PATs, um, but we are losing hidden yards. So it's we're somewhere in the middle, I think, right now. Sure. Now, so I have one more to add. Though. Okay. Coaching staff. Oh boy. I don't really want to break this down. Let's just say it's Matt Lafleur's. That's where the buck stops. Yes. How has he been doing in terms of managing those? Because we just gave better grades to the D. So. Oh gosh. Do you want me to go first while yeah, you think? Since let I me th- think about it. Because I need to think about it too, but I won't. I'll just what did I give the defense? Gave the defense a B? a B. Just a solid B. I thought. Wait, you gave B minus, didn't you? Because no. I gave C minus, I thought it was a full grade. Oh, <laughs> now we got to go back to the tape. Where do you throw that challenge flag like they do in the? Can we no, have a let's review not go of back. what we just did? Can I have a review no. of what I said ten seconds ago? I he's definitely not in the C category, but he's probably at a B minus for me, just because I'm just keep thinking about that Raiders game, and I've been yelling at the TV a lot about play calls. Uh-huh. That's all I can say. Okay, so I'm kind of surprised that because I think mine is lower probably, okay. and I don't know that I've been yelling at this screen about play calls as much as you. Although mm-hmm. we don't watch the games together, I think to me when I think that through, there are just too many opportunities for me not to like things. You know, right? Um, even though I gave you know the defense a better grade, I just don't know. I'm at uh, probably another C minus, which matches up with my offensive grade. And basically, because we're still having some scheme issues on defense also, the motivation for the players needs to be there. And again, the buck stops at Lafleur, even though you know it's a management style position. But 
I think the biggest reason I'm dropping him below average right now is just because the offensive line, you know, he's got to be in some of those meetings at least. He's got to bounce around, I'm sure, but it's it's just not adequate for this for the people we've got. So, well, why do you have a big play with Watson on Monday night and then you can't convert that into a touchdown? It seems like basic football like right like the only way I would think you could not is if there was a fumbled snap or you know something like that and 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 that series was that's part of the reason honestly that I went back to Dylan for something good because I it's just I can't see not getting it in there sure so so yeah and and that's always where you know the our players are the favorite ones they're, they're the ones we see on the field anyway so we're always going to give the, the coaches a little crap but of course but the O-line I don't think the O-line is is getting it done so no. All right. No, I wish that <laughs> my text didn't go through to you on Monday night, but I can't pull it up right now on my phone. But let's Paraphrase. just say there's a let's just say there's a text message in our chat that didn't get sent that says Jordan Love sucks <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation points. <laughs> oh my word! So yeah, and and this was I mean this was some of the worst decision making we've seen out of him. Yes. The one ball was tipped and I believe, you know, watching it a second time, it the decision on the Christian Watson at the end, had he made it on time, Watson had him beat. He just you you can't can't be late. That's like quarterback one oh one. So again, yeah, these are the things now. What what do you say about Jordan Love as a quarterback over that? Do you say, well, it's his first year starting. He's only got X amount of reps. He's only got, you know, five games under his belt. Or do you say, he's got to get this right right now, or we are in DEFCON 5 at this point. And I right. think some Packers fans right now are in DEFCON 5. Yeah. So, I think it's really 50-50. Be glad that we don't do this podcast right after games because oh that's the mindset I'm in, which is Jordan yeah. Love sucks. Oh, know? yeah. And, or Jordan Love dot, dot, dot. You know, my Twitter account is just like you got to resend that It's just really, really bad. I want really that for the archives. Because I have two or three days after a game to recover, to listen to some <laughs> of these press conferences and to get back to reality and be rational, which is just what we talked about earlier. A lot of people, me included, get really hot-headed during a game and blame the quarterback for everything when really it's probably 50-50. Yeah, he threw three interceptions. That's not good. Everybody was on Dak Prescott's butt last week mm-hmm. for doing the same yeah. damn thing. So, yeah, he deserves a little heat for that. But at the same time, the play calling, too. Why is he not doing play action? Why mm-hmm. Why are we running the ball constantly when we know it's not working and Dylan can't get past it? Like, just be glad that you don't have to hear from me right after <laughs> games because I would be intolerable. Oh, and and there are I mean there are a lot of offensive breakdowns right now. It's like when when the running back gets it right, the offensive line blows it. When the offensive line yeah. gets it right, you know, the the play action pass gets dropped or we run a trick play and can't throw it at Jordan Love's ankles. So, and and this it's part of again, we're you're going back to identity and maybe the answer to the question is the Packers don't know it yet. And, and the, it's going to take longer to find it out than Could we've be. gone into five games. We want to know, for 35 years, we've known exactly what this team is going to do. It's mm-hmm. going to have a quarterback that can win any game at any time. They're not going to win them all, but yeah. they can. We're going to have a defense that's going to suck against the run. We're probably going to be pretty good against the pass. Yeah. And push come to shove, 
there are going to be years where they can't get it done. There are going to be years there. Right now, talk about identity. I think we may need at least another six, eight games before we even start to find out what that is. Because then, you yeah, you factor in the, the injuries to it, too. You're not even don't even have the guys on the team available for you. So, yeah, yeah it's a good point, and, and yes. We um, better we better find it, though, because this season is different from last season. The teams season. that were booty cheeks last year are waking up. They mm-hmm. got some draft picks this year, and they're making some plays. I'm and, talking about the Saints, and I'm talking about the Texans. Like, yeah, and, something's going on over there in those organizations, right? and we better watch out. Well, and you're looking at a, a, a few years here where, you know, you know, Tom Brady leaves. Wilson goes to the Broncos, and that turns into a debacle. Sure. Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and gets four snaps. I mean, it's part of the beauty, and it's part of the reason that I'm, I'm not chicken-littling this thing right now, mm-hmm. is if we do get some guys back and we do start getting some things right, we go in, we can win enough games to get into the playoffs. And as Aaron Rodgers always said... Anything can happen in the playoffs. We have a ton more experience with playoff coaches and maybe not the players at this point, but for crying out loud, the Lions, you know, some of the teams, obviously there's juggernauts out there. And we just answered the question last week. You know, if we went eight and nine, nine and eight, and you made it to the playoffs, is that a good year? And the answer was, for both of us was yes, was it not? So Yeah, it was. So yeah, still not quite to where... But you got to be honest about the things that are going wrong, too, for sure. So. Sure. All right. Uh, how about one disappointment and one surprise? Okay. From the whole season thus far? Anything you want, yeah. Does it have to be just the Packers? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Go ahead far afield if you want. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. <laughs> really? Yes. Didn't I suggest for you a chef's kiss that the Steelers finally won and you, like, blew it off? You're like, I don't really think I'm in there. <laughs> They're my biggest disappointment. <laughs> when you yes. talk about identity, at least the Packers are trying. That's what I talk about with encouragement and ha- having Matt LaFleur actually open up and give some answers this week, which is that he's got something in mind. What the hell is Tomlin doing? <sighs> I don't know. That's a big one over in the Steelers right now. They have no identity. They have no idea who they are. And I hated to say it, but when I was watching against the Raiders this week, my mom just kept coming into the room being like, how's your team, honey? And I was Uh, like, we're looking like the Steelers, mom. It wasn't good. I mean, it just, I hate to see it, but I believe that the Packers have one up on the Steelers right now. Who knows? The Steelers always figure it out. They always do. But it's not looking good. They are my biggest disappointment right now for the entire season. Good ball. Oh, I don't egg you on with this. Can stuff I ever make? Can I make them my biggest surprise too? Sure. <laughs> because everybody's all about Matt Canada sucks and all this stuff. Well, I have to give a shout out to this to Kenny Pickett in my biggest surprise this week, which is that he did not listen to Matt Canada. Okay, he called. So that play is action. the answer. He called play. It hasn't been confirmed, but I know it. But he changed well, I'm it at the line. It. Changed it. Call play at he he did it an audible he 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 called an audible two pickings oh my gosh four touchdowns that's probably the play I'm thinking about actually you look in the booth and everybody's everybody's excited about it everybody's celebrating and, and this Canada is what doesn't. makes everybody believe that it was an audible yeah he's just like <laughs> over there I wouldn't I, say I wouldn't say he's full out pouting but he's definitely in a serious mode where it, it's one of those what's different in this picture than everything else uh-huh. he's the difference. 
yeah, congrats, Kenny. I'm so excited. I hope I see this more. And I hope that it was encouraged by Tomlin. I hope that that was, you know, they're going to start letting him do that more because, you know, when you when you call an audible like that and mm-hmm. it and it goes well kind of football IQ-ish almost there. Canada yeah. can't say anything. Well, we talked about resumes early. Should Canada be updating his? Is that what you're... Canada should... No, don't! Listen. All right. My biggest disappointment, and I almost hate to say it because I'm going to kind of offset this with some factors. One is... Tight end position is really hard to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is he's a rookie. And finally, no, it's not Luke Musgrave. But Tucker That's Craft. That's what I was thinking. Tucker Craft, he wasn't, as, he wasn't drafted as high. Right. We had the two second rounders. We picked him in the third. And the Green Bay Packers, Josiah DeGuara, I believe, another third rounder. We can't for the life of us hit on a third rounder. And I'm not saying, any, I'm not saying this is a done deal by any stretch. But Musgrave, clearly a move tight end. He's a guy that's going to go out there. He's going to be able to act like a wide receiver. He's fast. You know, he's a leaner. He's not a guy you're leaning on in the run game. We saw Mercedes Lewis leave, who was a huge part of our running attack. He's like having another lineman on the field. And we've had to call in another lineman literally because we can't block. And Luke Musgrave is the only guy right now that I see with that potential. Now, we, did, we lost Davis to IR, who was playing well. But I, I watched him in the replay and just absolutely miss a block. Just, just barn door it. And it ends up being a tackle for loss. And these plays matter. And if you're a rookie and your assignment is to block, you have to at least make contact. And that, that was such a disappointment to me. And I say that because I still have all the hope in the world. You know, he's got talent, but he doesn't have, he's not at the same echelon that, that sure. your, your Musgraves of the world are. He's going to have to stay in this game. He's going to have to be able to block. And that was just really disappointing to me because we need it. Right. We need a little spark in the, block, in, the, in the run blocking game that springs a guy like A.J. Dillon, you know, and, and right. gives him a little hope that he can be better. So that's, that's my big disappointment. Um, Surprise-wise... Oh, I, ha- I know exactly what I have to do. A guy that we've mentioned already too many times, but I have to say it's Anders Carlson, don't I? Yeah. I have to. I mean, yeah. I, I went all walking tall on him. Oh, I should have had one the- as mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he could have been your... Yeah. You have to constantly dial me in. This isn't a Steelers podcast. This is a Packers podcast, so... That's all right. Sorry. We get to go far afield. Plus, it's the bye week, so we're all fishing for stuff <laughs> to talk about. But it is the bye week. And um, the Packers have plenty of time to rest up a little bit. Uh, we, however, uh, got an Ask Us Anything Yay. this week, which I was very happy to see. So I will read it, and I'll let you answer this one first. Oh, boy. Unless you want me to. You it's sent fine. it to me earlier, and I didn't really pay, you didn't pay attention, attention to it. See, this is why. This is the kind of prep I'm work sorry. pros like us do, right? I was right? busy looking at... Who is going to be top dog? And then uh-huh. see. <laughs> you want me to go first? Sure. All right. Let me ask the question. This is from Jim. And he says hello to both of you from Janesville. Oh, hi. And the question is, in your opinions, what do the Packers need to do first and foremost to be a more cohesive team, whether it be on offense or defense? Okay. Okay. So the first thing to me is, and I love that you phrased it this way, Jim, first and foremost. So he's only giving us one thing that we get to talk about. 
Okay. And I'm going to try and play as many mental tricks as I can on that one. <laughs> um, and then the second part is it doesn't matter on offense or defense. You can choose one, and I suspect you could talk about either, and he wouldn't care too much. Okay. But, all right, so I will say this. So uh, Packers need to do first and foremost to be a more cohesive team. I would say to be a more cohesive team on offense – and this goes against a lot of the discussions we have. I think it is eliminating mistakes, which sounds really general. Right. But if you look at Jordan Love, what if he didn't throw those picks? What if sure. he just made better decisions? If you look at the communication on the O-line has been so bad and we're just making mistakes. If you look at A.J. Dillon, how much of those mistakes are the reason he's struggling and, and the mistakes he's making? Look at the penalties. I mean, we're a young team. But for crying out loud, and it was a little better against Vegas, but Matt, yeah. yeah, but Matt had to get up there and say, "Yeah, we were a little better tonight." I don't know how we got this far into the podcast and haven't talked about haven't penalties talked about it, yet. I know. <laughs> Maybe it's because the first one with Josh Myers, the illegal man down that they picked up, they actually picked one up for us. But um, yeah, I mean, so to me, to be a cohesive unit, it, all they do, and I'm saying, you, and I'm not even saying you necessarily get Aaron Jones back or anybody back. If you eliminate mistakes and start playing some more mistake-free football, I think we see stuff like the first series against the Raiders. We didn't get in the end zone, but we looked pretty. We looked like we were clicking without sure. Jonesy. So that would be my answer to you, Jim. Thanks for the question. Yeah, that's a great answer. Hey, thanks. I kind of want to piggyback that, but I will go towards what Lafleur said in his press conference, which is. Picking some plays and kind of limiting that playbook a little bit, pulling it in more, Mm -hmm. and really start working on some plays to master that everybody can run. Mm -hmm. You got to have some of those in your tool belt that you just know are going to be successes when you throw them out there. Because I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. I'm seeing I'm seeing thrown into the flat. I'm seeing trying to run Dylan, and it's just mm-hmm. not. We're not getting a lot of yards on those. Are you feeling that that goes back to the identity question? Too, Absolutely, that, yeah. because you look at the lines and you look at the 49ers this past week with those beautiful reverse flea flickers. Mm-hmm. Those were so fun. They are fun. We got a couple so fun, fun plays like that this year too. They are so fun maybe though. maybe throw a fun play in there, but I think it is focusing on a few plays that you can get just dialed in with your entire team as much as you can. Maybe if we think about the offense, I forgot to say that. I'm talking about the offense here. Yeah, I I Um, kind of assumed that I was going to, but I interrupt you too much. But talking about the offense, you know, get a few plays that you have a, a good feeling that you can just run effortlessly under your belt and anybody can rotate in and out on those plays. I don't know what those plays are. I'm not a coach. We'll draw some up. We'll have one. Let's, ha- let's have one by next. Let's have, a, let's have a play oh, of the no. bye week. We'll have to, we'll have to do some chalk We're more talk. of a stats girl over here. Talk. Okay. Right. Give me a spreadsheet. And Give we're me a good. spreadsheet and a graphic. You can yep. do the X's and O's. All right. We'll do some, I'll do some X's and O's. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> and you'll be like going, oh boy. This is the worst radio ever. Oh man. But that's a good answer. And I want to once again say, you know, that was the Vince Lombardi thing is, is that's his quote is you, you strive for perfection. And when you strive for perfection, you achieve excellence. Sure. Might not be a bad philosophy for this team right now, because 
who cares how young you are at that point? Nobody's going to talk about that if you execute the plays that you've got at the highest level. Sure. Got the, got the ability to do it. I had other, and you another, limit your mistakes. Limit your mistakes by doing that. See, we've just solved the Packers' problems. Right here on this podcast, Come all it us. takes is us. Yeah, that's us. right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jim, for the question. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I still get a little bit like, what? People are actually asking us questions? So yeah, that's, I'm so glad. It it's makes fun. me really excited. Yeah, it's very fun. Me too. In fact, I, I, I realized that I hadn't checked for one. I was like, oh, and yeah. skitter over to the computer. So, so keep them coming. Ask us anything. Just go to namelesspackerspod at gmail.com. Just jump on your email and ask us anything. We got a couple, also got a couple names of the show options. <gasps> yes. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. We got more than one. So Thank we'll God. be going over those. Yeah. Maybe we won't we'll be talk, nameless forever. Should we talk about it next week? We pro- well, let's we've hold some off. Other things. We yeah, we've some other things going on next week. One of the things we got going on, uh, Aaron, and I think I told you this, is a special guest. We do. We have a special guest for next yeah, week. I'm really excited. I'm not going to say who it is. I probably will have to announce who it is at some point. Sure. Stay, stu- stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. You want to check it out. And in the meantime, uh, we get to take a break. We get to rest a little bit. Yeah. Packers get to rest a little bit. We will have our show as usual next week. Um, it yes, will just we be a bi week show. We won't have a game to talk about per se, but we have been throwing around all kinds of other ideas, and the special guest will be joining us. Sure. I'm planning to do everything I can to force that special guest to stick with us and Yay. make it just so easy on us. It's going to be a bye week for us, too, Aaron. Yeah. And we hope that you will join us. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you again next time. Go Pack. Go Pack.